to all the listeners of the Rumah Rai podcast, we are back. One episode every week. If you have not already, please follow, like, subscribe, share because it's time to get the numbers back up again. Peace out. And it's your boy, Roshan Gomez. You are listening to the Rumor Roy podcast. Damn, it's great to say that again. It's been a minute. Yes, it has. <laughs> I haven't introduced you yet. Can I, can I use the bathroom? <laughs> 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 okay. oh, it's good to be recording again. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah, so we took a break for MCO. And of course, it got extended. So... You know, we kind of uh, delayed our... I think originally we were supposed to just be away for two weeks. Yeah. And it's become like three months. And uh, we decided like... First it was like, let's wait for the MCO to end. Then it was like, let's wait for everyone to get vaccinated. And then it was like, let's wait for everyone to like start being able to move around. So now that everyone's moving around, people are a bit more chill, feel a bit more safer and comfortable. So we are back to live recordings. And yeah, Rumah Roy is back. So... Thanks for all the all those who kind of reached out and were asking about uh, when is Rumah Roy coming back. Uh, much appreciated. So to start things off, I decided to take things a little bit slow. I brought in two familiar faces, two familiar guests, uh, well known in the Rumah Roy uh, universe. Mr. Samuel Lim, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How was the bathroom? Uh, very nice. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy number two. Uh, why must I be number two? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you to be confused with Jeremy right, number one. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> he was born first. <laughs> yeah. We use marker pen, we marked them on the <laughs> So yeah, um, another fun fact. This is actually our second recording. Yep. We did our first recording and we spoke about Dune, mm-hmm. uh, Midnight Mass, and also the closer, the closer Dave mm. Chappelle's comedy special. We did that. We wanted to do it itemized because it was like first time recording. Just wanted to get back to the groove, but well, the recording was corrupted and the whole file is gone. Oh, You'll no. never hear it. You'll never hear it. It is in the void. <laughs> and I have to say, Sam said some really crazy stuff. On yeah, he said some so. mad stuff. <laughs> You never know it, lah. For all I knew, I could be, I could have been quite quaint. <laughs> no, it could have been tastefully done. Yeah, it could have been tastefully. It was done. not. <laughs> You'll never know. Though. It was a combination of uh, Aristotle and Marilyn Manson. Yeah, that was the feel of the comments. A bit of Stephen Crowder. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wait. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't know who Stephen Crowder is. He's like a right-wing uh, commentary pundit. Yeah, he's 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 basically loser Bill Burr. Mm. Yeah. No, actually, he's okay. he's loser Ben Shapiro. Oh, yeah. Really? I feel like Ben Shapiro is loser Stephen Crowder. Nah, nah, nah. To be honest, I prefer Ben Shapiro over Stephen Crowder. Because, uh, like, Stephen Crowder tries to be funny, but he's not funny. Yeah. Ben Shapiro can be genuinely funny. How? Oh, he was damn funny really? when he was... He's damn funny. He can be funny. He was analyzing <laughs> wet-ass P-word. Okay. Okay, I guess... But he's self-aware. He knows how he's, how he sounds. Okay. You know? And uh, Ben Shapiro is a lot more intelligent than Stephen Crowder. People give a lot of flack to Ben Shapiro. But, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, 
there were some people who wanted to like kind of cancel Ben Shapiro. Mm. So I think NPR wrote an article and they said Ben Shapiro is factual. Everything he says is factually corrected, uh, factually correct. But because he only narrates one side of the factual argument, it is misinformation and he should not be allowed a platform. That is crazy mm. because that is media. I mean, most media is like that. CNN is like that. MSNBC is like that, you know. So, but the very fact that they admitted that he was, he has a factual basis for his arguments or his thoughts, right? But they still try. I don't know. I just think it's crazy lah. Look, I think they just have something against, like, I think a lot of people in NPR are good looking, very beautiful, progressive Jews. And then they look at Shapiro and they go, you set us back 20 years. <laughs> you are exactly the caricature that those Nazis drew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Tiny Desk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I listen I like to it all the time. <laughs> I, give you, I give you guys that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think Steven Crowder is like a loser version of Ben Shapiro. Yeah. I kind of indulge in both left-wing and right-wing commentary. So I... Uh, Kate, uh, what, what is the right word? I, I'm very selective. Uh, yeah, I get to that side of YouTube at times. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I love listening to Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro because then it helps me own the lip tarts, you know? <laughs> you know what I listen to now? Right. This is... And I don't know whether this shows... I don't know what this speaks to me, but I've started listening to ultra-conservative Muslim speakers... <laughs> <laughs> like there's this guy called what? there's this guy called Muhammad Hijab. He's like a Wait, okay. I, I think he was <laughs> yeah, he's a British Muslim dude. Okay. I don't think he would consider himself a traditionalist Muslim. Uh I just think he's a douchebag. Mm -hmm. But I've just been it's just I think there's something about when someone speaks a bit conviction and also they are well read, you know. So I like um yeah, I just like listening to him. You know, I don't agree with him at all, but I like listening to him. Yeah. He had a debate with a uh, famous one of my favorite atheist uh, YouTube uh, commentators. I don't know whether you all know Cosmic Cosmic oh, yeah, Skeptic. Cos Cosmic Skeptic. Alex O'Connor. Yeah. So they had a debate, and after the debate, Mohammed Hijab is you can really can tell that he's an asshole from <laughs> after that la. Like I think he was uh, he cut the debate and like pasted stuff in. Because he owned the footage and he no. didn't want to give it to Cosmic Skeptic. Uh. And he was deleting comments. He misunderstood his argument. So he's just like an ass, lah, you know? Yeah. But I don't know, I'm enthralled. I like to listen to him. But he speaks well, I suppose. Speaks well. And he has this thing where, because a lot of, lot of this, I think Muslims who are listening to him, um, they are a lay person, right? They, more, more often than not, they don't have any introduction to philosophy. Mm. They have no idea... They, they're not read about psychology or philosophy most of the time. La. So he just has to like use words like existentialism or Nietzsche yeah, yeah. or... It just, takes, you know, just a couple of words. Yeah, he just has to throw in like, you know, the ontological argument and mm -hmm. he just has to talk about the ontological argument. No one knows what he's talking about. So it sounds really intelligent and yeah. he, he kind of hijacks other philosophers. And he says, you know, this is what Nietzsche says. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And he likes to use... Uh, um, exaggerated words. Um, there was one word that he kept on. He was calling out Ben Shapiro. Oh, let me no. let me get the word um, because if I don't say it properly, it's going to be a curse word. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I see. Let hey, me just... What is it? I have no idea. Uh, 
Wait, let me just try and get the word. But anyway, so how are you guys doing during this MCO? I mean, post-MCO. Hmm. I don't know, man. We're still slowly getting back into, you know, not pre-pandemic, but somewhat close to pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're returning to some semblance of normalcy, you know? I mean, I can now eat my waffle at inside scoop. La. So that's my barometer for how this pandemic is doing. To be able to eat your waffle at inside scoop. Yeah, la. you know, if because back then, right, when I went to inside scoop, I brought like a Tupperware where they put my waffle and ice cream separately. And they chased you away. Yeah, la. they said, right, sir, cannot. I'm like, why? Yeah, like, just cannot. You have to dine in for the waffle. And that Wait, what? You have to dine in for the waffle? Yeah, you have to dine in for the waffle. Where is this? Inside scoop. Oh, and wow. I was quite I was quite angry. La. It hurt me. Why would they do that? Huh? What do you mean you have to dine in for the waffle? Oh, uh, this was before the you know. Oh, so they're not, they're not giving you the waffle. Yeah, for dining. But I, you can sorry, take it away. Sorry, they're not giving me the waffle for takeaway. Oh. I say, you give me a waffle for dining. Then she's like, we just wouldn't know how to package it. I'm like, what do you mean? I brought my own Tupperware. Yeah, but we prefer if we could put like an you know, like inside scoot cup or something that is a little bit more official in capacity. So we're just going to give you nothing. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, I in that moment, I, I knew what it was like to be like persecuted i guess um, yeah sure you didn't get your waffle <laughs> what so, a great injustice yeah. Alif you should has march a point. man you should march <laughs> Alif has a point. <laughs> you know the, Ma- that- <laughs> the malaysian freedom <laughs> oh that <laughs> do you know who's alif he showed me some pictures <laughs> dude alif you're the real one la. i saw your your live stream of you standing up to the uh to the establishment that was wild man <laughs> you know this guy I mean Alif is my friend okay he's come on the podcast before so yeah. basically he came on the podcast because he's he was an anti-COVID guy like in the podcast he said that he thinks COVID doesn't exist okay right? so I mean he has I would say pretty extreme views but he's very intelligent very articulate um, and I would say he's quite well reasoned as well uh, in a mm. way la. but of course he's like very selective and you know so like Ben Shapiro lah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, at least at least Ben Shapiro believes in COVID. <laughs> at least Ben Shapiro got vaccinated, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, he went to a petrol station in Bandar Sri Ramansara, uh, and then he refused to mask oh. up. Like he was walking mm. from his car to the yeah. the kiosk to, to make the payment, and he refused to wear a mask at the time, so he got fined. Um, and I think in in he started recording and police officers get really agitated when you start recording. So there was kind of like a mini kerfuffle between him and the police officers. Was that contact? I think there was contact. I think right? he the, uh, something like the police officer came close to him or something like that. So then he got a bit jumpy, jumpy, la. and then another police officer was very cool came and just did sign the compound or whatever. Then they were talking, talking, and you know, you know, Ali was having mm. a conversation with them. All, all mm. that is fine. Then this is second compound, huh? So he goes in the car. Then he decides to continue like just ranting. calling them out, ranting. He's like, Tengok lah, you datang lah, hantam ka. Bapa, bapa. Wag, 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 wag. That night, 10 o'clock, his apartment, uh, seven yeah, police I, officers I think, came home. Like, yeah. But, was that a live stream? Yeah, it was live stream. But the thing was, it actually, in a way, helped 
galvanize his cause because mm. now right he has actual like sort of grounds to say i mean clearly i i don't agree with what he did lah but he can now say i am being suppressed so i mean he can say what he wants to say no but to be fair to be fair um like seven eight pol- police officers coming for over fella? to for one guy at like 10 o'clock at night That's yeah a bit it's a bit uh, imagine if he was staying you know he's it became worse because his mom and dad stays next to him in a separate mm. unit yeah so his mom and dad were coming around the dad has heart issues and all that so it was a big deal la. but imagine if he was alone It, it, that's also freaky. Seven, eight pol- police officers. For what? For what is the reason behind it? Yeah, and you see and the Unabomber. What's going uh-huh. on? And you have to understand, he was already issued a compound for not wearing a mask. So they actually came after him for the video, right? You were you were being mean to us. Yeah, and and oh they charged gosh, him with numerous. Babies. It was numerous charges. You know, one of the charges was obstruction of justice. So it's wild. Uh, whatever said and done, the thing oh, that's crazy. What you know, like whatever happened between Alif, you can talk about his views and the disbelief and all that. But come on, that's some crazy use of police force. Yeah, it is definitely. Would they do that for me if my cat was stuck in the tree? <laughs> <laughs> like if I got kita suka kucing, seplorang datang. After the mama session. Wow, after the mama session, then we'll go help the team. <laughs> Look, I don't want no obstruction of justice charges against me. Yeah. The views expressed by Samuel is his <laughs> and only his view. It's a, it's just a question. <laughs> I do see cats stuck in my tree, and I won't lie. Those policemen are quite tall. I think there's a certain height like requirement there is a to join. Physical requirement, isn't there? Yeah, there is a physical requirement. Really? Is there? Yeah, you have to be a certain build. You have to be okay. Actually, build, I no. think that's you get not to. true. You do not need to be a certain build to be a police. <laughs> okay, but there is training to get to that certain build. Yeah, I mean, there is a training that you have to go through, yeah. and I there's an assumption that if you have a particular weight, whether you're too small or too big, you might not be able to pass uh-huh. those tests. But I don't think. There's a requirement that you be of this yeah, yeah, weight, yeah. but you guys got to pass that. Oh, you're there. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you are like 350 kg, you probably are not going to pass the fitness test, lah. Okay, so let me get this straight. Entering Trifa, in, 350 kg is really is huge. Yeah. So entering in, I cannot be 250 kg. But once I'm in, that goes here, right? Isn't that how it works? Or do I have to maintain it, lah? I guess you can let go. I don't think there's like an annual like re- I don't think it's like a license they have to apply for on a yearly basis. There's no fitness test, right? On, a, on a yearly basis, I don't think so, lah. Oh, okay. I mean, pity the old guys, right? Like those in like their fifties and they yeah. won't. I mean, I'm okay. I'm assuming they can't run. As Why are we talking about this? We, <laughs> we don't know anything about the police That's, force. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, let's let's ask a police officer. No, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether I'll go to jail, but my parents always told me if you see the police, just smile, be nice, and assume you're in the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what did that, I do? That is <laughs> the most Chinese thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> oh man! But you know the funny thing about Alif is, after he got and he was in lockup for like about two three days, after he comes out of lockup, he has to do an apology video. And it's so funny. Okay, first thing I have to say, he was really again very articulate in that video. He spoke very well. So impressed, like he could like just f- weave English and Basa together, like really seamlessly. He could be a politician, to be honest. Okay. If only he channeled his energies in, like more productive. Uh, in my opinion, lah, 
maybe for he, for him it is productive but my opinion more productive like if only he was advocating for the poor or like you know yeah <laughs> trying to yeah, help okay. refugees or something like that but anyway so he does his apology video it's so funny because he's smiling throughout the whole thing because he knows how ridiculous this is because his video the petrol station video went super viral it was like what I don't know, one million people watch it or some like some yeah, crazy or yeah. maybe a few hundred thousands. It's some it crazy was, it was number. At least in the hundreds of thousands. It came out on newspaper outlets. You know, it went viral, right? Yeah. Wow. So he had to post a video and he was like, uh, you know, who would have thought? Uh. <laughs> who would have thought? I'm reminded now that Facebook is a public profile. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know lah. <laughs> <laughs> but seven cops. Come on. Like. Yeah, it's crazy. It's definitely crazy. It's really wild. Yeah, why is five-star rating in GTA? What, what's going on? <laughs> you see an old lady on the way there? <laughs> five-star rating in the apartment lah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like the people who are like, I don't know, like pro-vaccine mandates mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm just like sometimes a bit cautious because like, you know, you really have to think about who you're giving this power to. The state is not uh pure and perfect and you know good you know and you want to like uh give away autonomy um really slowly right and as far as possible you want to leave the autonomy with every individual like, as far as possible mm. yeah but mm. you know uh i have like people are asking right why are there now like um you know you heard the booster shots right yeah a lot of people are saying especially in religious circles in christian and certain religious camps they are going right this is the mark of the beast they want to put but here's the thing i'll tell you why Kyrie is doing booster shots mainly for one reason because all the kiasu chinese people out there were going give me sinovac give me the lousy one give me the nice pfizer ones <laughs> that's <laughs> Really I'm reason. staying away from this conversation. Even when Alif, this Alif thing went viral, people found my episode with him. Oh, people were commenting on like Facebook and things like that, asking me to remove the episode. Whoa, Whoa. yeah. Oh, calm down, lah. Okay. Calm yeah, down. it's crazy. And then I'm like, one episode after that, I had on my cousin who's a doctor in Australia, and my brother who's a like basically a researcher, a scientist. And I had them on, like, Ali's episode is titled, Is COVID Real? One episode after that, with my brother and cousin, that title of the episode is, Yes, COVID is Real. (laughs) 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 I'm like, you know, you need to, like, look at it in context. But anyway, I'm staying away completely from that conversation. Uh, I'm just not well read enough to, to, like, talk about it. I mean, I've been, I like to get... A wide variety of sources. For example, some people say that perhaps this is a sort of natural cause in which COVID just came about through eventual because it has been in existence. It was called. There's a new strain of it called the hunter virus that is somewhere in the Amazonian forest. So I yeah, hunter yeah. hunter X hunter hunter X hunter. There's a new story. Where are these Pokemon popping up from? Right? <laughs> We're finally coming with a new story arc for Hunter x Hunter. Yeah, I've Hunter been waiting, man. Yeah, it's in the Amazon. <laughs> there's a new strain, there's this, there's that. Oh my God. Yeah. So I like to weigh my views. Is it like, how deadly is it? How much, how strong is the virality? Mm. The segments in which it evolves? Conspiracy, Yahudi. Mm. I just like to make sure I get all perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, Jeremy. Do you believe that this might be conspiracy, Yahudi? Frankly, I don't care. Yeah. At this point, a lot of us are just not caring anymore. They're like, you know what? Like, 
real or not real, this is what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, life's not that great. If you're going to die, so uh, what? We wasted a year of our life <laughs> being stuck indoors. So, you know mm. what? Whatever, whatever, whatever it takes to get us back to normalcy. That's what most people are kind of going for at this point. Yeah, exactly. They're done with the argument of whether it's real or not. Yeah. A I good mean, number of people at least. Yeah, the, the only thing we can know for sure is that we are thinking. I think therefore I am. So everything doesn't exist. COVID doesn't exist. We don't exist. Only our thoughts exist. Oh, you're going there, huh? Only, <laughs> our, only our thoughts exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast doesn't exist. Yeah. So I want to say I agree with all <laughs> COVID deniers. COVID doesn't exist. You also don't exist. No one exists. This podcast doesn't exist. The world doesn't exist. Here's the thing. I was very confused by the Malaysian freedom. Okay. With all due respect, I'm very confused by the Malaysian freedom movement people because I have had conversations with some of them because I go, right, what exactly is the issue? The government is clamping down on us and not allowing us to do the things we normally do. Right. But you now can because people are getting vaccinated. You can now return to the thing you want to do. Aren't you getting what you want? But okay, no, to be fair to them, they are saying that if there are vaccine mandates, you know, if 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 they still can't move, even if they can choose not to get vaccinated, but then they are unable to go to shops, unable to travel, that basically is forcing them to get vaccinated. It's not freedom in the in the most uh, complete sense. Lah. You get what I'm saying? Okay, so they just don't like being treated like second class citizens. Welcome they just the don't club. like they just don't like to be forced to do something that they don't want to yeah, do. Yeah, it's their own autonomy. And, and to a certain extent, it's human nature. A lot of people just don't like to be told what yeah. to do. You know, and the first thing is when you're told to do something, they will ask you like, why? We had the war between the anti-vaxxers and the vaxxed one day. <laughs> I have a feeling. <laughs> and then basically what's going to happen is all the vaxxers are going to, uh, because the anti-vaxxers will be a smaller group, we're going to catch them, but we can't kill them. So we put them into machines where their dreams generate energy <laughs> and they supply our civilization. But then a rebel group will start within their dreams yeah. and try and burst out. And then like there'll be a rebel group dude. and then there'll be a chosen one who comes out of yeah, it. Yeah, dude, instead of... Inst- or we can just hold them down and vaccinate them. <laughs> It'll be like that scene from X-Men last time when you just start shooting you into the cure. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, there is that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank yeah. you, <laughs> You just, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and That's then there'll the be one. like one guy who's yeah. like, what's the name of the guy with the angel wings? Oh, uh, is it angel? angel? Is it angel? <laughs> it's just angel. He's just called okay. angel. <laughs> and yeah. then one guy who's just there. Why not wanting to get vaccinated and just sneezes on everyone? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! What if COVID gives people superpowers? No, I'm sorry, they're all dead. You know what's the funniest thing? The funniest joke. I was listening to this podcast by I don't know whether you guys know uh, Tim Dillon. No, I I've heard of him. Yeah, so I was listening to his podcast, and he's like a big like good friend of Joe Rogan and all that lah. Then he was like. And he's like a conspiracy guy and all that. La. He loves Alex Jones and all that. <laughs> all that normal stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He what? loves Alex Jones. So then he was like... Um, but to be honest, Alex Jones is really entertaining. Yeah, the, the Joe, there's a Joe Rogan episode with Alex Jones and Tim Dillon. It is a really entertaining episode. But anyway, mm-hmm. so Tim Dillon was like, guys, I, 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 this is really hard to talk about, but there's something that has been buried really deep and it needs to come out and I'm just going to be honest, Joe Rogan is dead. 
he was killed from coronavirus. <laughs> he got coronavirus and he immediately died. <laughs> There's a cover-up from the multivitamin companies. There's a cover-up from Onit. They're all working together to cover this up. His last words were, Ivermectin. <laughs> Please tell me that was a shit post. <laughs> it's a joke, man. It's okay, a joke, okay, man. But it's damn funny. But it was damn funny, man. I and know, man. Like, guys who listen to, <laughs> to <laughs> Alex Jones, you never know. Yeah. No, like, he was joking, joking. But it was damn funny. Then he was like, you know, Joe Rogan has a producer, Jamie, right? Mm-hmm. Then he goes on, Joe Rogan dies. Jamie was so uh, traumatized, he lost his mind. <laughs> he tried to go into Joe Rogan's house and take over his family. <laughs> Joe Rogan's wife shot Jamie. <laughs> oh man, it was so stupid. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan, man. Joe Rogan. I feel like he eats a lot of hot wings. <laughs> like really, he looks like the kind of guy who would do that. He only eats elk hot wings. For real? Elk. He eats elk. He hunts his own meat. Oh my god. He doesn't buy factory farm meat. Wow. He's the only person that went the other way. He watched a documentary about factory farming, went became so disgusted, but instead of becoming vegan, he started hunting animals himself. Mm. Like disgusting. Those chickens crafting cages. <laughs> what they want to do is be shot and <laughs> ate. Right I mean, way. apparently, like back then when they hunted, they were more humane. They did care for the animals they were hunting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, factory farming is crazy because really the conditions are like... Disgusting. It's like you put in a, a yeah. giant truck and, you know, you're, you're mounted over each other. Even the when they study the animals when they're being factory farmed, right? The levels of, uh, like, adrenaline, the, fa- the fear hormones are, like, mm. skyrocket. The animals are freaked out all the time. Yeah, la. and the meat doesn't taste good because it's yeah. so... Yeah. yeah. It's but not um, tenderized. Like, when they hunt, they just try to go one shot, pow... Unless you're like a psycho who just want to just <laughs> obliterate deers. Yeah, but I think if you obliterated a deer's head, it's still a lot more humane than keeping him cramped with all his deer friends to create deer holocausts. <laughs> like so, imagine like yeah. one deer, pop, lined up. You're just waiting your turn <laughs> yeah. to get shot. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that is such a depressing and morbid like, like notion. At least out in the wild, there's some level of fairness lah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Mm. How do we come here again? Huh? Uh, yeah. Malaysian I played Red Dead Redemption too, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, you Take hunt it. animals, right? Yeah, you yeah. do. Like, I was watching... Yeah, I was, I was hearing about... Yeah, I, was, I think I was listening to another podcast. Tiger Belly. I don't know if you all know. Bobby Lee, he's like a comedian. La. So I think he was complaining about his girlfriend because he was like... Spent like five, six hours hunting a leopard or something like that. Then yeah. he finally has his... Sees the leopard... He, you know, yeah, pulls yeah. out his crossbow or I mean, sorry, his uh, yeah. bow and arrow, ready to shoot. Then his girlfriend was like, "Hey, look at the dog! Look at the dog!" He turns, he looks back. He's the leopard is like killing him oh, or something. Man, <laughs> dude, those those jaguars, panthers, they just get at you. You you find them, you gotta shoot them down. I get where it's coming from. <laughs> it's super funny, lah. Anyway, so that's a good introduction. After. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, we're off to a great start, <laughs> I'd say. That was an introduction. Yeah, man. Yeah. We went to, to a couple of topics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the last episode, we spoke about movies. Yeah. Uh, so this time around, we decided to just kind of wing it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we can talk a bit, a little bit about some movies that we've been watching. What have you guys been watching? What are you guys into now? 
Hmm. I uh, mean, we were talking about Joe Rogan, so technically we can talk about Dave Chappelle as well because they're the good friends. Ah, uh, uh, let's get the annoying elephant out of the room. And also, I guess we have to put in a disclaimer because Sam has gone up in life now. He's attending university, doing his masters, really building a reputation for himself of being a really, you know, serious critique. Really? So no. he's he's really <laughs> so he's really really now. Uh, he's he's basically a changed man. He's afraid of uh, awakening the woke mob. He's afraid of uh, stirring the pot. But let me let me make my views on transgender people very clear. Uh, this is how you make it worse. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Let me just say, transgenders, they're like, you know, they're, you know, it's like hats. Like, we all like... <laughs> I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> Like, I love hats. That's going to be on your IMDb page. <laughs> Transgenders, they are like hats. I like hats. <laughs> I mean, would I wear a hat? Um, maybe. I don't know. How good is the hat? Uh, never mind. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Um, actually, can you just tell that story about the, the midnight mask. <laughs> the midnight, the midnight oh, mask. The tweet. The tweet. Oh, the tweet. okay, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Let's set this up properly. So, Midnight Mask is a series on Netflix. Um, it's written by and directed by what that guy? Mike that? Flanagan. Mike Flanagan, who did um, uh, Haunting of Hill House and uh, Haunting of what? Bly Bly Manor. Bly Manor. <laughs> so, there's a new one called uh, Midnight Mask, which is it's basically a kind of um, a, a series miniseries with with its roots in like horror the vampire horror-ish kind of it's basically movies Salem's of the past. Lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Salem's Lot and the like. So it's about a small Catholic uh, uh, fishing town and a priest comes in and there's weird things that happen. Uh, spoilers, uh, because it's a, Catholicism is kind of represented in this series um, and it's actually done very well. So, like, in the first episode, I was like, oh, it's not bad. You know, like, real Catholic imagery here depicted correctly. Uh, interesting priest, charismatic. I'm really surprised at how this is going, especially because it's on Netflix. Then, third episode, the priest is a vampire. Then, everything makes sense. Okay, <laughs> right, right, right. there you go. <laughs> it <laughs> can't just be good. Can yeah, we? sounds yeah. about right. Sounds about right. So, anyway. Uh, so, one of the characters is uh, a Muslim sheriff. Right, and so Samuel wrote a review about Haunting of Hill House and he this Muslim sheriff's uh, performance. Yes, I wrote good things, but here's the thing: throughout the show, there's this drunk guy in town. It happened that, once. Who refers to him as Omar Sharif? It happened and once. Kept call, and then I thought, what's his actual name? His name is Hassan. Right, right. <laughs> so, so he's Sheriff Hassan. Yeah, Sheriff Hassan. But I wrote Sheriff Sharif. <laughs> 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 and then people and the were thing like, is, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the thing is there was no Omar there either <laughs> no I heard an Omar no Omar, <laughs> Omar god damn it I heard an Omar I'm not crazy or racist <laughs> so then right the actor Raul Kohli <laughs> saw that post <laughs> 
in my review he screenshotted it and he posted it on Instagram you can check it up it just says fam fam the actual actor reposted Sam's typo not even typo miss I don't know what misspelling or whatever misname misnaming Bro, white people jumped on that track, man. People were like, oh my gosh, this writer guy, he's such a chump. No, he's not a chump. He's a racist. Okay, he's uh, not a racist. He's I, an Islamic. I've seen plenty of the tweets there. Um, they were mostly just laughing about it. <laughs> some of them were laughing. No, but because they were angry. like, all, all the guy, all the, the woke mob that was ready to go, white male patriarchy, they just did one search of Samuel and found this Malaysian Chinese 20-year-old <laughs> kid. <laughs> They're like, who is this sexy old man? <laughs> White old man. A picture of Samuel Cups. <laughs> they were like, I'm sorry. They kept saying, I heard Sherry. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, oh boy. <laughs> oh man. That's hilarious, man. Oh, that's the oh, funny dude, thing. What did, what did your boss say again? My boss was like, did you correct it? I was like, yes. He said, oh, no problem. <laughs> he said, at least Ali- people are reading the review. <laughs> <laughs> My boss is damn cool. I mean, that was damn nice. Like, he, was about, he was like, hey, don't worry about it. Free publicity. <laughs> it's like, a good thing it was a positive review. <laughs> yeah, yeah cool. at least it was a positive review. La. Dude. I think, okay, here's the thing. Just to set up some context, I have reviewed Mike Flanagan's Bly Manor. And the title of my review was The Only Thing Horrifying Here Is The Acting. <laughs> and Mike Flanagan was angry. Yes, he was angry and he retweeted it. Really? He retweeted it? He, he retweeted it saying like, oh, don't listen to the hate, blah, 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 blah. Then, no, but legit, are you, is this real? Yes. So He retweeted, retweeted your article and say don't listen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you, you can... It got retweeted a bunch of times, lah. Because uh, basically, uh, it was me just okay. taking, like, a giant dump on the haunting of Bly Manor. And to be honest, I was very snarky. I was taking a lot of pot shots. So I was like, okay, this will not come back to bite me. And Raul Kohli's like, hey, it's this guy again. But the thing is, I wrote good things about Raul Kohli in that article too. <laughs> Nobody talks about that. Yeah. <laughs> but the moment you call somebody yeah, I bet it was Sherry Mike, Sharif. I bet it was over. Mike Flanagan's idea. <laughs> yeah. hey, 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 Raul, do something about this. I know this guy. Take him out. I hate this guy. Take him out. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, time to connect him. <laughs> What's his name? Rahul Kohli. Rahul yeah. Kohli, yeah. But to be honest, uh, he did a good job. Like. His yeah. acting was, was on good. point. Such a uh, likable character. Yeah. Also, first time in a long time for me seeing a Muslim character that is so... Well represented. Well yeah. represented and also like likable. Yeah. And not a stereotype or caricature. Like. Yeah. Can I just say that there are only two modes Hollywood knows how to represent Muslims mm. as either the... The, it's the same way they used to show Chinese people in Hollywood where in Hollywood they're like either the dangerous communists or they show them as the enlightened Buddhist monk mm-hmm. and it was the same way with, with the way Muslim and Arab rep- representation was they were either the terrorists mm. or they were the wise side character yeah, yeah, who, has, yeah, who has random platitudes that mean nothing mm. here his character is grounded there's an emotional tie to his faith it doesn't exist in a vacuum he, he loves Islam because Islam is how he feels close to his dead wife. Mm. He wants his son to be, you know, in the faith because that's how his son, in a way, can connect with his dead wife and he doesn't feel like he loses his son if he changes faith. So it makes perfect sense. This series is a great reflection on death and what happens after you die. Like, mm. I like how you said that 
again, even that small character arc mm. is a, still a reflection of that and trying to hold on to our loved ones, right? Because right. that's his biggest reason why he wants his son to stay in the faith. He mm. never says like, this is our... Yeah. You know, this is our tradition or this is our family right. uh, thing. This is like, this is what your mom, I converted for your mom. You know, this is our connection to your mom. Mm. And the whole thing is, the whole series, all the characters, they kind of like deal with death, right? I uh, mean, the death. first scene is the guy, I mean, spoilers again, but... It's the, the first scene. <laughs> I mean, the, the first, the, the first <laughs> beginning, the intro, right? Yeah. Is him killing someone. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that set up the series really, really well. It's going to be a reflection on that. That is a major theme there. Yeah. yeah, and the Catholicism thing also, like I said, I don't, I was not insulted with the Catholicism stuff just because it really wasn't a series about Catholicism. Catholicism was sort of just a lens to kind of it was view. Just yes. a motif. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it was really well done, lah. It wasn't really a horror, horror. You it wasn't know. gonna, it's not gonna scare the bejeebus out of you. Bro. No, not yeah. like uh, hunting if uh, hunting of Hill House. Oh, la. that that is some freaky imagery, man. Yeah. 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 Blind Manor is okay though. <laughs> I didn't sure. watch Blind Manor, so I don't know. I didn't either. Dude, that that shit is funny. The way the kids like set up scares, you can see it all the way from your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you look from your bathroom because they'll go like, I can't go in that closet alone. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then the closet. Yeah. And the main character's like, You want me to go in the closet? And she's like, Yes, go in the closet. In that closet? That's a big closet. Yes, go in the closet. I'm like, I know, it's kind of creepy. I'm like, God damn it, just go in the closet so we can get it over. <laughs> so, maybe we should rewatch it. Yeah. What, uh, Blind Manor? Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind. We should do a, a day of it. Yeah. Watch Blind Manor. Actually, this Christmas, I want to rewatch Silicon Valley. Oh. I haven't okay. finished that. Yeah. How is it? I huh? should. Silicon Valley? Yeah. How is it? I've only seen the first couple of seasons. It's good, man. Hmm. It's good. Uh, but anyway, coming back to um, um, Midnight Mass, just to give it its dues. Um, another thing is I like how they dealt with the. There's there's two kind of three villains la. There's the monster, there's the priest, mm. and there's the Karen. nun. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and I like how they dealt with the nun. I mean, the priest also and the nun, but nun in particular, because the nun is sort of like the representation of yeah. extremist views, right? Yeah. And the way she dies in the end, you know, like she can't face, because she's lived her life in such a fake way. When it comes time to die, she can't face what, she can't face what's what's moving forward, what's going to happen next. She, that's the whole thing. She keeps on trying to escape death. Yeah. And in the end, she has to sort of dig a hole for herself. So I just thought that so like, well done, well executed. Like I also yeah. like the way that they didn't have the villagers didn't actually like abandon their fate in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like most of them be like, this fate is horrid. Yeah, ah, this religion it just brings us all apart. Yeah. In the end, they again they don't like again like they don't blame Catholicism. They they kind of and they don't in a way they don't even blame themselves. Yeah, is in the end it's just like something that it happened. They accepted it. They yeah. forgave each other. And they move on. Well, it's a good way to, to end the show. It's the a show. very mature show because there are some shows, right? Which, by the way, I love Preacher, but it's depiction of, of God and it's... Preacher. Have you heard of Preacher no. on the AMC series? It's basically about this preacher 
who has a demon. <laughs> 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 it would be weird if the name is Preacher and it's like an imam movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pre- he's technically a preacher. It would be weird. Preacher and he's a car salesman. <laughs> it would be weird if it's like the series name Preacher and it's a story about a documentary about Richard Dawkins. Yeah. <laughs> So like it has it's super anti-theistic where, yeah. and it's and I love it because it has like a lot of cool action but it's very juvenile in the way it mm. depicts its question not midnight mass midnight mass is very it's 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 challenging lah because I know some people who are watching him like hey what's this imagery it's being offensive and you would think so if you watch it at face value in a very shallow manner mm. but if you're willing to sit down and Put your prejudices at the door and you can enjoy the movie, the series. I mean, I don't see any offensive imagery there. I mean, the priest being uh, a vampire is a little bit on the nose. Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, and him having an affair with the... the um, but I mean, again, it's not really offensive. It's, it's just... I mean, the you have to watch it in the bit, right context. Yeah. The, I found the affair a bit cheap. But to be fair, it made sense to me because like when watching like like I think we were talking about this the last time. Like, he's a priest. He's and he's known as a devout priest, right? Mm-hmm. For him to make a deal literally with the devil, it didn't make sense. But it only made sense when you understood that he regretted his life and not, uh, yeah, yeah. not not pursuing that relationship. So he literally deceived himself. He twisted the religion so much to conform with his relationship with the devil so that he could redo his relationship with the girl. Then it all kind of like made sense. Yeah. I generally don't think he... This, um, we are going to spoiler territory. Yeah, right I, we are way past that. Lah. Okay, so yeah. I don't yeah. think it's, he really thought it was a devil though. I, I mean, we don't know how angels really look like. It's not going to be like the guy from X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah, because that one was pretty good looking. <laughs> yeah. But we, I mean, come on, both of us are Catholic. Yeah. I, and you as a Christian, so we all have that kind of... We are sold on the conventional ways of how an angel looks. And if, you know, it would be so like uh, incongruent if you were to encounter something like that and say that that's the angel. It's just so far apart from how we are told an angel looks like. But then again, like in your in the priesthood, you understand that in the Bible, the encounters, they were freaked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the angels depicted in the Bible. There are a variety of ways. Four-headed lions and all that stuff. So just for anyone who is not in the know in like, Biblical angelology. There's there are literally wheelie angels. There are wheels have eyes on it. We call them technically in the Latin term roly poly boys. <laughs> then there are uh, chimera monsters that are good, good chimera monsters. And then there are the regular angels that are hot because everyone in Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to bang them. So there are bangable angels. Yeah. There are chimera angels, and there are roly poly holy boys. And they were like they were like demigod kind of creatures that the floods wiped out. And all. Yeah lah. So, basically, Martian Manhunter lah, yeah, angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's um, that's and these children became the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My only criticism of Midnight Mars is the mono. I don't know whether they are. It's right to call them monologues. Yeah, those long drawn there was some, out. Yeah, long drawn out dialogue that was a bit like I mean, just a bit too long lah. So yeah. bad lah. Just. A, Tad bit too long. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Like, it kept going. I mean, again, it's a reflection on that and what happens after life and all that. But again... Uh... Well, I'm sorry. Like, I have work. Like, I can't reflect too long. <laughs> can I just be honest? Yeah. 
the guy who is who was in the accident at the beginning yeah. i could not give more or le- sorry i could not give less of a crap about him <laughs> i think both of you can agree he was a gen- generic white guy la. i think white oh, guy i think because the other characters stand out so much he just be- becomes really pale like i mean the priest character that guy the actor oh he was, oh, he was fantastic. phenomenal he was great. phenomenal you know fantastic character so in comparison, definitely. Yeah, yeah la, I'm like, give me Raul or give me the priest guy. But I don't care about this film. <laughs> He's like, um, what's the name of the guy from Arrow? <laughs> oh yeah, they do look alike. Yeah. They do look alike. Oh they even sound and behave. Yeah. Like, he's the stunt double. <laughs> he's the stunt double. No, he's not the guy. In the, no, that's not the guy from Arrow. It's the guy from Arrow's brother, isn't it? Both so same. It's the guy from uh, This Is Us. Oh, I haven't that drama oh, you know okay. that drama yeah, yeah. This Is Us I have no idea it's a HBO drama <laughs> oh okay. is it I don't know I don't know it's that that guy from Heroes is the actor what um, mm. you know mm. that uh, Peter Peter Petrelli ah okay he's a, he yeah. does This Is Us anyway we're going but his character reminds me of yeah 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 I get yeah. what you're saying definitely and you don't feel sorry for that character for some reason no even though they're really trying to sell his you know yeah. I don't think they're trying to sell him that much though yeah, I guess. I think the his sacrifice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> towards the end, that was the only major thing he did that yeah. was somewhat, yeah, a moment. All the characters exist. I think revolve around the three pillars, namely. Raul Kohli's Hassan. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff Sharif. Sheriff Sharif. Pruitt. Yeah, Pruitt, the priest. Yeah, and the girl in the wheelchair. They are the ones that everything revolves around. So just make the series I like, about I like them. the drunk guy also. Yeah, the drunk guy was cool. The drunk guy was good also. He was the one that called him Sharif, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was a nice... He was still nice to him. <laughs> la. Yeah, la, so I was still nice to him too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so funny but I I kind of have to disagree about the Islamic representation and I want to call you out on this Samuel because you have told me with your own mouth <laughs> that Dune has a lot of Islamic influence <laughs> you told me Dune has a lot of Islamic influence <laughs> yeah I'm just going to say this like I, wa- I watched it with <laughs> with people and then I talked about it right and I'm surprised because right I watched it with some friends. Some, like, they were Muslim friends and I asked them, right? Some of them were like, yeah, yeah I have those. <laughs> 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 I see your face. <laughs> some of them were like, I don't get it. I, I, I don't see anything. I'm like, you don't? How about, and no, this is Frank Herberts, the guy who wrote the novel in a different time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the magic space switches that are literally wearing burkas. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have a desert planet where foreigners are invading. <laughs> and then the local people who are cloud in turbans are riding out to fight like Mujahideens. <laughs> and then I don't see it at all. <laughs> you don't see it? I don't see it. I, so maybe you're just like that, Sam. I, am, I, am I insane? Maybe that's just you. La. Paul Muadib. <laughs> Paul, Paul Muadib. Uh, Shal Halud. Shal Halud. Lisan al Gayib. And I was looking around the cinema. Some, because some people are like, and then they refer to him as the Mahdi, which yeah. in Islam is uh, is the term for their messianic uh, figure who will come at the end to bring about a golden age. Lah. So similarly, they are setting up Paul to be the Mahdi. 
Mahdi. And if you read the books, you know he doesn't make for a very good Mahdi. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing okay. is this. I was watching one corner of the room, right? <laughs> one corner of the room, people were like, oh, what is this miracle appropriating uh, Islamic imagery? Once in the room, they were like, ini bosan, betul. I was with you in the cinema. No one was going on saying that. <laughs> no, I watched the private screening. No, uh, like, private screening, then you watch it who? Critics lah. Yeah. <laughs> you mean critics are sleeping and watching the movie? I don't believe that. Some shit. of them yeah, were they good, they Sam. They were. Some of them were bored. I didn't mind. I loved it. One thing's for sure, critics will not sleep lah during Fam, the film. Sam is like, he's really <laughs> lying about this. <laughs> Maybe the other one may be right. You may be, you may be, you're probably telling the truth about the first part. <laughs> but you had to add on to the second part. Okay. The point is this. I mean, it's the same thing with Midnight Mass. If you watch Dune, you may be offended yeah. by some of the appropriation of culture. But ultimately, I do not think it is Islamophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, okay, number one, Actually, believe it or not, the Islamic stuff is toned down a lot in the movies yeah. compared to the books. Oh, yeah. The books, he goes a lot harder on the you know the Muslim Muslim references. Yeah. Two, it's not cultural appropriation because okay. for me, like, it's not cultural appropriation because it's a take of something. It's he's not commenting or adopting Muslim culture per se. He's kind of doing like a you know like Marvel's What If. Uh, <laughs> you know it's it's he's taking he's doing a take on it but it's a genuinely a innovative uh, story mm. right so it's not again it's, I and the whole story it being like a messianic story and turning it on its head you know it's it's just completely different la. so I just don't think people should be offended la. yeah, yeah you're just drawing influence from yeah. certain culture yeah. I think it's fine yeah it's the same way like okay people made Avatar right and they borrowed heavily from Zen Buddhism. And I think the they borrow a lot of terminology and they did it very well. Would you I wouldn't call that appropriation more than um celebration. Um. Yeah, what is Star Wars? You know? It's it's basically a ripoff of Buddhist monks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bad even music. I mean you you're you're taking stuff from everywhere. Yeah la. Yeah. You can't avoid it anymore. You can't keep things in your pool. People are going Midnight Mass. Yeah. Isn't it Catholic uh, appropriation? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, come into... So, oh yeah, this is perfect. I, I love... The topics just gel together. Mm. Like, Midnight Mass and Dune, if you watch them, right, like, try to come in with an open mind. La. Don't mm. immediately go, hey, what's this? Mm. So, just, just come in. Another thing that uh, is present in both the uh, Midnight Mass and Dune is the beauty. Oh, Both are shot beautifully. Yes. Oh, of course, Dune more than Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I, if I have to describe Dune in one word, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. It, it is cream in your pants beautiful. It's the kind of movie you need to watch on IMAX. Oh, yeah. That Rather worm than, scene was done so well. Yes. Rather yeah. than watching it on your 15-year-old MacBook Pro. <laughs> 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 just uh, to the cinema and it would be it would be ideal to watch it in the cinemas. I'm yeah. not saying it's worth dying over COVID for, but it kinda <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, but the only thing about uh, again, another similarity between uh, Dune and Midnight Mass is that it can be a bit slow. Uh, uh, because I, I went with like I went with Six guys, two of them slept off. Mm. <laughs> Dude, yeah, definitely lah. And they, after the movie, they told me it was boring. But I think what they're trying to really express is that it was slow lah. Because I don't think the movie was boring. 
Yeah. It I think slow. it was slow. It had its moments where you want to, you would like it to, you know, speed things up. Yeah, but I will say this: what Denis Villeneuve, what I really respect Denis Villeneuve is there are no disgusting lore dumps like you see. There in were some lore dumps. Wait, God, wait. God, God. The Benny Gesserit for There are a lot of stuff. It it was actually a lore dump for the first half of the film. Okay, but uh, it stayed through the source material, hundred percent. Well, I I disagree with you on that because here's the thing: the like, for example, the Benny Gesserit. We we never get like uh ex- we never go like these are the Benny Gesserit. Okay, it wasn't heavy. The yeah, they just like yeah. who are the Benny Gesserit? Okay. Come here now, boy. I'm okay. Like, oh, did they cool. introduce a lot of things in the first half? Yes, but I felt like they did it in a way where they never had to explain it to you. For exa- but they did drop a lot of things. Okay. They threw a lot of stuff. La. Yeah, <laughs> la, but okay, I'll give you a great example. For example, you mm. know the fellas in white, the Sardaka? Yeah, yeah, the Emperor Soldiers. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to comment? Yeah. Yeah, comment. No All right. Uh, by the way, I checked. <laughs> that thing they were doing at the beginning was a Mongolian throat singing thing. Okay. Oh. So okay. it's not what the first podcast thought it was. Sam, in the first episode, this is so funny. Oh, my God. Okay, in the first episode, Sam drew perils. Perils? Is that a word? Yeah, parallels between the Muslim Azan and the Sadaka's uh, war chant. In the beginning, if you watch it, it'll be you'll find it really funny because it's basically this priest, uh, this priest sort of chanting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. And all the soldiers being baptized with like blood, <laughs> and then Samuel Kantan. Sam somehow drew the connection with the Azan. I was wrong. I I read it lead and I was wrong because right, <laughs> I had friends they were like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I okay. didn't notice a thing. I didn't notice that. And to be clear, Samuel is not saying that the two are the same. He's saying that it uh it looked like similar. Yeah, like, but in my dog brain, I was wrong. <laughs> because then I looked it up, it was a Mongolian war chart. Okay, I was wrong there. I said it. All right. It's okay, man. It's just your perception. Yeah, yeah. and it's in no way, a me- it was in no way a slight on the Azan. You were not, you were not meaning to disparage the No, Azan. I wasn't. Okay. You were just making an observation. Yeah, I was like, my, my friends were like, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, because we actually say words, Sam, and they are going, I'm a body body. Who are these friends, huh? Who are these friends, huh? I was in a cinema with you. I, I know who the other two people were. Outside of the cinema. <laughs> After the film. Other people watch Dune too. Okay. Oh, man. This is so funny. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, the like, okay. Anyway, that's xenophobic <laughs> like how do you know like we were like because you know how Marvel always like these are the bad guys they're so good at fighting and they're the most badass people I'm like ugh way to explain but how did they show it they literally just open on a planet to a bunch of people looking scary as shit and there are a bunch of like naked fillers hanging upside down with their blood running into a pool as they baptize the Sadaka as the guy goes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like you can look it up. There are so many dubstep memes about. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to send one to you actually. <laughs> so you thought. Yeah, so that is a Mongolian. Uh, yeah, it's something. Mongolian. Yeah, it's more dubstep. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. So I was like, 
This shit slapped. <laughs> so this is fire, right? Yeah. Okay, didn't you say that to me in the cinema? <laughs> yeah. This shit slaps. Yeah, this shit slaps, man. And then you look at them, they're like, what the hell is going on? Mm. And in one scene, you capture how scary these guys are. Mm. Never have to mention where they're from, what they're doing, how great their conquests are. We just show them being weird and freaky. And you're like, Okay, I'm drawing it. Like, if you watch Hellraiser, for example, mm. you see Pinhead. You don't go, how many pins and where did he get the pins from? No, mm. you just see the design and it's great. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I feel like Jeremy, to a certain extent, is right as well because you have those, like, Timothy uh, Chalamet going through tuition sessions. Okay. And all those right. are pure, like, <laughs> it's clearly like that is contrived just to give the backstory of, like, the planet and the people and all of that, right? So, but again, I think with a movie like this and the source material, it's unavoidable. Yeah, it's unavoidable. I, I had no issue with it. Yeah. I liked it, actually. I think the only thing is like the Zendaya flashbacks were yeah. a bit too much. I think it would make a great video game as well. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole premise, like the whole, the world, there's plenty to explore. Yeah, you 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 are the shy Hadoot. Yeah. You're just going around <laughs> the world. <laughs> yeah. Just going up and down, up and down. <laughs> That'll be a mad uncharted moment yeah. to ride the worm. <laughs> yeah. But Jeremy thought there were childish moments in the film. Like? <laughs> what? I didn't. Yeah, what? you did. Don't lie. That like was Malhalla Drive. The, when the fat fella was playing in the bubbles oh. <laughs> underneath the chocolate bath. And then okay, but can we just say, wow, the, what a great performance by... Uh, what's his Stellan name? Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, he's You're calling him every other Nordic name except his actual No, they're, aren't they all brothers or something? Are they? Uh, I think they're all... They're the father and then there's like three, four... I know there are, no, there's they, a family. I know them as their characters. Eat, eat Clown is eat brothers. Is <laughs> brothers with the Viking guy. Viking guy? You know, have you watched Vikings? No. He's oh. one of the guys. He, they look different, but they're brothers. So it's just the father or the uncle, or I think that's the the one of the elder brothers. Uh, yeah. So Stellan Skarsgård, you may have known him because he has appeared in Chernobyl, yeah. right? He's in a lot of other stuff there. as well. Yeah, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, Goodwill Hunting, uh-huh. uh, Mama Mia, <laughs> 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 uh, and oh yeah, he hey. I don't think he's related to Pills Gas God. Oh, sure. my bad. I might have made a mistake there. All right. It All right. might be my mistake. Yeah, so it's only Bill Gas God and a brother. I guess it's just a very common name where they're from. Okay. Wait, let me check this. I just want to check this out first. Yeah. But I'm curious. What did you guys think about the score? Wait, wait, wait first, wait first, wait first. All right. So, okay, there's Alexander's Gas God. Who's brothers with Gustav Skarsgård? He's, he's the dad. He's the dad. Dad, I told you. He's the dad. What? Bill Skarsgård is the son. Yes. So Gustav Skarsgård, Bill, Walter, and Alex Skarsgård, all are actors. And they're all quite uh, well, I mean, quite well known. Mm. They all play funny, funny people. Like, <laughs> the, the father played a floating lychee. In <laughs> the son played one. No, 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 no. Okay. You cannot call him a floating lychee. <laughs> you stupid. That is Batista. <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> Did you just call him a floating lychee? You look at him, boy. He looks like floating lychee in a bathrobe. Oh. I, I, I kill him all. Oh my god. Okay, I have to say though, 
<laughs> that acting was his acting was phenomenal. I've never seen gluttony depicted so well on screen before. Yeah, I was. I have to give that to the production design a bit more. Yeah, true, right. true, true, true. Because he has such a like a simplistic kind of yeah. like wardrobe design, and, yeah, and, costume. But like he's just, I was, I just really enjoyed his performances. I, I just, oh, yeah. I just gotta admire the production design there as oh, well. Oh yeah. Because if yeah. you look at the earlier adaptation, the movie, the first movie, the David Lynch one. That was the first movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the depiction is so different. You know, he has like warts all over. He's a very over the top. He was very eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like um um, uh, what's that Joker? The like <laughs> the crazy uh, the Jack Nicholson. One, the yeah. Jack. Nic- mm. He's like very much like the Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah, like on uh, over the top. Exactly. There, there's a lot of like loud imagery, but here you see that the this guy's design is so plain and simple. He's fat. He's the only prop was his triple thirteen chins, I think. He had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they just like, I don't know, probably muted the color and put some paint on him and shaved his eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. and it tells you so much about him. <laughs> but yeah. is he even, blowing the bubbles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even like how they use his like floating device mm. scenes, just like he he comes off as like gluttonous but dangerous at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Just like I just ah man, I loved it like I just love those parts. I thought it was so well done. Yeah. Um. What were you saying before that you wanted to talk about something? Oh, the score. Yeah, the score. Score was great. It's great. Uh, a little bit. Some parts a bit too tribal. <laughs> oh, really? Ah, uh, you know the. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like there's. The, it the, wasn't like Wonder Woman level. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely not. Like. Wonder Woman level is. <laughs> But it came That's immigrant song from Led Zeppelin. <laughs> but it came, yeah. But it came close to something like that, though. Yeah. At some parts, lah, you know, yeah. some parts. Like, like, yeah. like, I love how they were like, okay, it's in a desert planet. We're gonna try to capture that sort of like tribal, like, like primal human drive. And they're like, Atreides, what do we do? Just bagpipes, just bagpipes all the way. I was pretty shocked when I saw the bagpipes. Like that was probably the most surprising thing in the movie for me. Yeah, the bagpipes. Like was, came there, out of was there ever a bagpipe mentioned in the novels? I don't know. I I never really read all the novels, so I don't know. Yeah, mm. but I thought the score was fantastic, and I watched it in IMAX. My ear was ringing in some parts because <laughs> there's a lady going. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit less of that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but it was a great, I think it's a great movie. Lah. Really well done. It's like a, I, I, the way I describe it, it's like a Marvel movie, but like adult Marvel movie. That's yeah. how I would describe it. <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly it, basically. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an adult blockbuster. Yeah. It's an art house blockbuster. Yeah, right. It's yeah. something different. Lah. And especially... I guess with um, Eternals coming out, it's such a contrast. Yeah. Because Eternals is getting like slammed, destroyed right now. Yeah. Maybe people's tastes are evolving a little bit. Or I don't know. Maybe Eternals is just genuinely bad. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. Have you watched it? Uh, no. Okay. But if Denis Villeneuve made Eternals, I probably would go to bat for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be very honest because here's the thing. Eternals, right? Much like Dune, like both of you said, law dump like mad. Mm. But then people are like, no, you just don't understand the complexities of Dune. Eternals are like, what is this clown nonsense telling me? What was the Guardian uh, uh, quote for Eternals? Oh my the God. Eternals review? Oh, that... 
if you can look it up, there's a there's a review by The Guardian in the UK for The Eternals. And I quote, it called it a very sophisticated PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> that is the hardest burn. I want to watch it now. Yeah, That's I want to watch it It has a 49% now. Yeah. That's insane for a Marvel movie. I'm, but I, I kind it. of knew it. The moment I saw, the moment, and this is the reason why I'm also not looking forward to Black Adam. Yeah. Because the moment they started promoting it and they had to have people come, like they needed to have the actors and actresses appear and explain the movie to you. Is it like the DC Con? It's a bit like, yeah, yeah it's fandom. What, DC uh, so fandom. DC Con did the exact same thing with Black Adam. So because mm. of that now, I'm I'm also like, Black Adam, I feel is going to suck. But with Eternals, they did that as well. Like mm. they got like Angelina Jolie to explain her character's powers. You oh know? my goodness. No, it was a big thing. That was how they were promoting what? Eternals. Every one of them like would explain their characters and why this is such a great movie and what does it mean for the Marvel universe. I'm like, it feels like it's a salesman it salesman's pitch and that means the movie can't stand on its own. Yeah, yeah definitely. That is basically how they operate on things. That's why when when the moment I saw the Dwayne Johnson standing there and like this is going to be the great, it brings action and we've been working so hard on this movie. I'm like, bro, if you have to come here and say these things, mm-hmm. these know, are basically blockbuster marketing. Yeah. That is what they do. Like, I think for all three of us, right, you, titles don't excite us as much as the directors who make it. Or the, I mean, it depends. Or, or if you have depends. a good trailer. Yeah. You, if you have a good trailer, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, frankly, the, I mean, I'm excited for the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Very excited. Mm. That's mostly because of the rumors. Mm. Oh, yeah. The, 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 oh, yes. Do you know about the rumors? The I mean I know about Doc Ock and blah blah blah. Oh. That is gonna happen. Doc Ock is gonna be there. That's for sure. I mean, can y'all were telling me about Green Goblin or so yeah. and all that. By the way, William Dafoe. Yeah, can I drop some spoilers for Let There Be Carnage? Sh- you watched it already? Yeah, sure. Not, I mean, <laughs> you, it, you, people re- people in America watched it, so they probably oh, just released yeah. the information. They just released the information. No, okay. Yeah. I mean, you can if you want. Yeah. So. Spoiler alert. And this is not even in the film until the post credit scene where they just randomly mention it. Venom is now in the MCU. Oh. Venom yeah, I is, saw that tweet. Like, yeah. So let me put this. He was like looking right. at... Yeah, he was in... He was transported into the MCU and he was looking at a broadcast. Uh, and Tom Holland was there? Yes. So let me get this straight. Venom is now in the MCU. Dog Ock is now in the MCU as well. We have... Electro, Jamie Foxx, confirmed already. We have Green Goblin. and Which is semi-confirmed. Which is semi-confirmed. Sandman, semi-confirmed. Lizard, yeah, semi-confirmed. The only people I want is freaking Tobey Maguire and, and that, Andrew Maguire. That is and 75% Andrew. confirmed at this yeah. point. So it's clear that No Way Home will either be a Sinister Six film or will be set up for a Sinister Six film. Yeah, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, the rumors are there. It's been going around. They are probably going to be there. Yeah, there's rumors of Charlie Cox's Daredevil in there. Oh, wow. So they throw the kitchen sink <laughs> in there also. So they are going all out with No Way Home. That's the only reason why I'm excited because I didn't like the other two. Mm. I don't like the new Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's okay. La. You know, he's okay. I mean, if you like the character, you'll really be like... Uh, some people just, feel like it's the the most accurate uh, depiction of you know some people are the wrong, teenage bro. the, the teenage, <laughs> you know because it's like the teenage Spider Man kind of you know I like Toby Maguire because Toby Maguire really felt like a loser. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what exactly. he was supposed to be. Yeah. That's what Peter Parker is supposed to be, yeah. right? Or at least just someone who is a bit more independent. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not given every nanotech suit yeah. to work his magic towards. Yeah, here's the thing. Spider-Man is a ground level character. And you can, and you know they try to walk it back where they're like, oh no, I don't want the suit and I don't want to join you Iron Man in Homecoming. So I was like, okay, are you going to walk it back? What do you do in Endgame? Give him the bloody suit anyway. So I'm like, what the hell? Then in, yeah. in what was it, Far From Home? I was like, okay, maybe now that he'll be free from Iron Man's shadow, what's the first thing he says? How can I live up to Iron Man? No, oh my man. God. Maybe that's like, it's like telling of our generations as well. Like, I think we grew up in a generation where like, we were, we consider ourselves like the underdogs. Like we were like simple plan and, yeah. you yeah. know, like <laughs> everyone hates us, you know, the yeah. world is against us and yeah. we're all alone and we have to fight back. And, you yeah. know, it's all like, we were really like kind of like counterculture, like Eminem, like it's all like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like fighting story. back. Yeah, punk. You, yeah, it's yeah. like a very like punk kind of like feel to it. Whereas now there is a kind of like, we are not going to change the world. The world needs to change for us. Yeah, exactly. So do you know what? So it's so funny because like the first Spiderman we saw was, this is what it's like to be good in a bad world. You yeah. will suffer. What is the what is the MCU's version? I wonder what it would be like to have a rich uncle. <laughs> that, be nice. that is exactly what the new Spider-Man is. <laughs> and a hot aunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that is literally the premise. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah, but that's true though. I think we have uh we've kind of um Stumble upon something here. I think you should put this in an article somewhere, Sam. I actually did write an article recently mm. on the Mobius trailer about mm. what is the Venomverse and the MCU the same universe? Yeah. And spoiler alert, read the article for more details. Apparently it's not. Sony and Disney, I think Disney has peaked. I'm going to be very honest. Yeah. Disney has peaked. Yeah. Post Endgame, what dog shit have you been releasing to the public? Yeah. What is WandaVision? What is this clown? Wanda Coffee. La. Yeah, Wanda Coffee. La. <laughs> Wanda Coffee is better than Wanda Vision. Clown nonsense. What is Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I mean, to be fair, they have been great series. You know, they've been great. Uh, uh, they, they've been things that people have enjoyed. Okay. You know, I, 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 I think we can't deny that. But I get, to, I get your point in the sense that what is there that competes to the hype that built towards like Endgame? Endgame. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing that compares right now, for yeah. sure. Except if, for... No Way Home. <laughs> but even No Way Home is nothing compared... You know, like when the first Avengers movie came out yeah. and then every movie building to this grand finale. Okay. Mm. The hype... You How do you rebuild hype like that? I would say for No Way Home, if you release... Okay, the trailer is still... People are pumping for it. They're still waiting. The, the official main trailer. Yeah. That was a teaser before that was released. If you show those two goons there, <laughs> you'd see the hype increasing by... Yeah, man. for sure. People would come out like mad to watch that. Like, I can't imagine like 25-year-old people working in McDonald's, their faces just light up like, <gasps> I know those fellas. Yeah, definitely. They'd just be very, very happy. I <sighs> would love to see um, uh, Batman... Um, What's the latest? Uh, ben Affleck's Batman being beaten up by the previous Batman. What's the previous Batman? Christian Bale. Christian Bale's Christian Bale's Batman. Oh, I would Keaton's love to Batman. see Christian. <laughs> I would love to see Christian Bale's Batman beat up Ben Affleck's Batman in like some mashup. I would love that. 
that should be a movie on its own. I think Ben Affleck's Batman would sit on Christian Bale's Batman. <laughs> <Do you> dislike- <laughs> what are you talking about? No but way. Do you dislike man. Ben Affleck's Batman? Yeah, man, I don't like it. Batman. Why? Batman. Just because he fries people. With I don't engines? like the sort of alcoholic <laughs> Batman that needs to go to rehab. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> all right. There are all sorts of fields. Okay, Jeremy. Jeremy, Roshan has picked the five Ben Affleck. Mm. I've picked the five Mike Flying. But yeah, on this podcast, you need to pick one fella to pick a fight with. Kevin Feige and Tom Holland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we all need to write articles and misname the characters. <laughs> I'll gladly do it. <laughs> Bob, Bob Holland. <laughs> Sorry, MC. You're not as important as you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Baigi. <laughs> Bob Holland. <laughs> Kevin Baigi. I'm looking forward to Insect Man. <laughs> Insect Man and Wasp Wife. <laughs> oh, man. But we were talking... So, actually... Uh, it's interesting because we were talking a little bit about how uh, you need to watch like Dune and watch Midnight Mass in the proper context mm. and sort of not read into it a little. You have to watch it in the right sort of lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's like um, Dune with the Islamic kind of home, like I don't know if homage is the right word. Imagery. But, uh, I'd imagery, say imagery yeah, evokes. Islam with the imagery or whether it's Midnight Mass with the Catholic imagery. Mm. Interestingly, I guess in a way it connects to the closer does it i don't know how you went there well it's been (laughs) fun guys bye bye (laughs) (laughs) does it uh, stick with me guys all right okay let's see let let me try this okay you ready to get cancelled jeremy in (laughs) uh i have my let's see what happens yeah Yeah. in in the sense that i feel that maybe uh we need to inject some nuance into the conversation fair enough Yep. You know, that things need to be viewed in a proper lens. Mm. Like, I think the big problem with Dave Chappelle's special is that he takes shots at the transgender community. Uh, I think it doesn't help that the jokes are not particularly funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's at the same time, it's not funny enough to kind of mask the yeah, yeah. mean-spiritedness of it. It feels a bit mean, some parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh- because I think he's done way better transgender jokes than this special's mm. transgender jokes. I think he was trying to apologize, like, not apologize, like, I feel Backtrack. like comedy was not his prime goal for this one. He was trying to make a point. Yeah. You know, and his point was, and I, you know, I actually didn't want, I don't want to talk about identity politics and, like, I, told, I was telling you guys, I don't want to talk about identity politics. It's exhausting to talk it's, about it's, it. It's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It's easy. And anybody can talk about cancel culture. Everybody has a view about cancel culture. Because cancel culture, identity politics, can mean a hundred different... It can have a hundred different meanings. Yeah. There's, there's as, as many definitions for cancel culture as there are people in the world. Everyone has their own take. You know, so it's something... It feels a bit pointless. But... Dave Chappelle's Closer is like a really interesting kind of uh, art piece to comment on because it's a special where he he doesn't dismiss what transgender peoples go through, but at the same time, he 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 jokes at their expense. Uh-huh. And he he's saying like, I think what he's trying to say is, can I have these views? Can I uh, support you and not... Um, um, not uh, cancel your experience, but at the same time, can I make fun of you? 
like every single other person. Mm. Right, but I feel like he did it. Like if he would just make fun of them in a smart manner, he would have made a better point than asking that question because he literally does ask that questions at time to the audience. Yeah. No, I think just a, it's a it's a difficult line to tread. Yeah, it is a difficult line. But like the whole thing like Louis that did it. Huh? Louis did it. Did Louis he? CK I don't, did I, he do it? I don't know whether you want to call on to Louis CK as <laughs> best. I mean, I think it's like... before that. <laughs> I think he went to jail long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Spacey can stay in jail. Yeah. <laughs> he can stay there for a while longer. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. I mean, Louis CK, that's funny. But I, he has a special coming on, apparently. Oh, Louis CK. Yeah. yeah, probably. Is it awesome? <laughs> no, no date set, but I heard there's a special coming out for him. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Like He's been kind of in jail for a long time. But anyway, no, but like Dave Chappelle, like look at the Daphne, Daphne Dormer. Dormer yeah. Is it Dormer? <sighs> okay, I just, okay. So to give <sighs> some context, I'm in the last one that got... <laughs> Natalie Dormer. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the previous episode, I had actually mistakenly called her Natalie Dormer. <laughs> it's Daphne Dorman. Dorman. Not Dormer. Isn't Dormer that... Uh, Jeffrey Dormer. Jeffrey Dormer. <laughs> and this was Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones. If you are putting out a YouTube video, can we have like three of their images out? This, <laughs> this is Jeffrey Dormer, serial killer, <laughs> not in the Chappelle <laughs> Natalie Dormer, actress in Game of Thrones and Hunger Games, not in the Chappelle Closer. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like Daphne Dormer, right? So Dave Chappelle <laughs> tells the story about this. And he's spoken about Daphne Dormer in other specials mm, as well. Yeah. So he talks about Daphne Dormer and you know, he, he does that one line in particular. I think he's saying how he was telling jokes about Daphne Dorman. Daphne Dorman's laughing, laughing, laughing. And then uh, I think uh, Dave Chappelle jokes like, oh, I just don't understand. Then Daphne Dorman's like, you don't need to understand. You just need to have to believe that I'm having this a, experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Experience. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. But you know, that I'm just, I'm going through this. And then Dave Chappelle's like, I believe that shit. You know, because the way she, she spoke about it. So I'm like, how can anyone who watches that go around and hurt some a transgender person? You can't. You can't watch that in entire in, in entirety and feel after that like you need to hurt them. You will definitely laugh at them, but you'll also understand and empathize with them. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's what I mean, like viewing things in its complete context. Of course, I suppose Dave Chappelle saying the only thing is he when he made a statement of fact, he said that. Uh, gender is a fact. Mm. You know, for me, that was the 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 silliest thing in that whole special. Like, the others is, is fine. That was silly because it just shows how like Dave Chappelle is not really tuned into the conversation. He's very antiquated in his it's views. It's not just him. I think it's people around his age. Yeah, yes. That is just the case. Because you just have to watch any conversation by any transgender person with any person opposing the view. You know, it's you will quickly understand that a transgender person he says that biologically there's sex, but gender is a so- social construct. But you see a lot of people. I would say mo- most people around the world would actually say would say otherwise. I mean, most most of them are not as is it well read? Should I say well read? I think progressive. Is they aren't the as word. progressive, right? Mm. right. Especially if you're. Maybe because it's a new phenomenon. Yeah, it a is. A new world ph- phenomenon that's giving more, being I mean, given more light. Let's be completely honest. You go to the, you go to the Kopi Tiam later, you ask the uncle working there. You think he's going to feel the same way? Yeah. It's like my like, boy need to 
play with shovels so he can dig hole later. No, yeah. oh, he's a gender male. They're gender male. Yeah, yeah they, they don't have the exposure. La. Yeah. But I'm surprised uh, with Dave Chappelle because he's obviously someone who's very intelligent. He's in the industry. So yeah. He's he's in Holly he's with the Hollywood crowd. And but also he's like not just a Hollywood person, but he's like really well read. Mm. He's obviously someone who is intelligent, right? No the some of the opinions that he gives are in the are, are, are well thought out, well reasoned. Yeah. You know, like I one of my favorite uh like lines from one of his specials was uh, how can you how can you care about anything if you know goddamn everything? Mm. You know, like that's deep, man, and that's in a comedy special. Yeah. Or like, uh, <clears throat> he has that joke about his executives when he was doing the Chappelle show, and they they wouldn't allow him to use the word faggot. And then mm. he's like, "But how can I use uh, like nigger, right?" Then she's like, "Well, you're not gay." Then he's like, "But I'm not a nigger." <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That you know? is that is actually really amazing wordplay right there. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. So like, I'm just surprised that he made that statement in particular. Um, yeah, I think oh, it's a funny joke as well. Huh? That was a fun- he made that joke in the special, right? One of the specials. Not, okay, not, not yeah, I think of- I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Pretty funny joke. Did you laugh as much as you did in the other specials? For the closer, yeah. Again, no, definitely not. I didn't watch every other special like in its entirety. Yeah, I just watched clips of it. Hmm. I don't think I laughed as much as I did during certain clips of Sticks and Stones. Sticks and Stones is great. <laughs> the, yeah, I, I've watched the specials as it has come out. I will watch it okay. on Netflix. So I would say definitely Closer is not like one of the funny ones. But there are actually other sh- um, other specials that are worse than the Closer. Are we talking about Amy Schumer? No, 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 no. As in Dave Chappelle. <laughs> oh, okay. I found, <laughs> obviously, you, you would find his old jokes funnier. No, but there are some Back like when Dave was skinny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but there are some like of his recent specials. It it's not like a comedy thing. He's just sitting down like in like a small comedy club, and he's just talking, yeah. and it's not like comedy. It's not a joke. He's talking. I think it's also evolving. Older comedians are becoming more like conversationalists. Yeah. No, I think there are some specials where it's pure comedy, joke, joke, joke. There are some specials where it's just him like talking and giving his thoughts, and then there are some specials where he combines the two. I think this special he wanted it wanted to combine the two, but it just kind of like fell flat to a certain extent. Here's the thing. In okay, I just want to say this, and I'm going to compare Chappelle. I'm going to remove the goat label from him because even though he went and said, hey, I'm the goat, he No, he said people say he's the goat, which is true. Which Pe- is pretty much saying I am. People the do goat. say that. I mean, I think that's fine. Okay, anyway, continue, continue. I compare him to Shagura. And I compare him to Burr. Burr and Segura have bits. Bits, because the way they layer jokes is like this. I start off with a bit, like a story that is ridiculous, self-deprecating to draw you in. And then I end with like vulgarity, absurdity. Like like, Segura has this amazing joke where he tells a story about this girl who said I want to be I want to blow every member of the Wu-Tang clan yeah. and then right <laughs> the girl and then right they're like can I stop now and they go now you we got Rizal Ghost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got Rizal Ghost now you're not done <laughs> and then she goes but my neck hurts then she goes you gotta protect your neck didn't you hear one of our songs <laughs> don't you listen to our music so I'm like Bro, that is perfect. Premise, bit, absurd vulgarity, and, and then you end on an amazing punchline. Where was that in the closer? 
Well, okay, to be fair, there were some jokes that landed well. It wasn't like it was all bad jokes. Okay. Okay, like even for example, the, the, the towards the end, you know, he says like, I'm raising funds for my daughter. Again, yeah. I feel, I wish he hadn't like said anything yeah, special. Yeah, it's a plug. But never mind. You know, he says, you know, I've been raising funds and I, I want to, you know, I hope to live long enough to pass it to her uh, daughter when she grows up. Yeah. And I'm going to tell her, you know, like, um, uh, I knew your father. And he was a wonderful woman. Mm. <laughs> Dude, that's brilliant. That's a good way to end it. And he should have ended it there. That was my only, uh, one of my only gripes. Like, he should have ended it there. It was perfect. But again, like, he's just such a wonderful storyteller. That's the thing. He's such a wonderful storyteller. And he does have these jokes that are good. But I guess the standard is so high with Chappelle. Mm. And the expectations are high for Chappelle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, like you said, people call him the goat. So people expect. Good level comedy. Good level comedy. And this yeah. just kind of fell flat for Chappelle. Mm, you know? Okay. Be it sanctum. Like that ending line. I want. I really want to get your opinions on that. Because oh, he, yeah. oh yeah. I remember that line where he goes. And finally, he addresses the transgender community. He goes, can you please stop punching down on my people? Which yeah, It's a bit thick. The line was a bit... Mm-hmm. but that's the problem with identity identity politics it becomes then like identity like uh, Olympics right mm-hmm. every identity is you're each measuring your victimhood to another race or community and who is more marginalized than who am I black first am I transgender first am I a woman first and it's it's it becomes weird lah. Mm. you know and I think in a way Chappelle feels how it feels to sort of be the oppressor Ah, okay. You know how like white people become defensive when black people talk about yeah. slavery white, and yeah, Jim yeah. Crow laws. Yeah. So now, because the black community, they don't have a great track record when it comes to um, uh, like... LGBTQ acceptance. Yeah. And yeah. also like even Asian acceptance for that matter. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he's feeling... it's a ne- Again, that's the thing. It's, it's like I get a bit annoyed when people like paint white people as this exclusively bad race. But they're actually having a very human experience. The human experience is to be defensive when you're put yeah, yeah. when you're put on blame. And now and it will happen to anybody. It can so happen to anyone. Even yeah. for the black even for the black community, you know, you can put be put on that that stool and you're also gonna feel defensive to a certain extent. Same. Right. Yeah. So it's it's like a human experience that all of us go through. Right. I was watching a video about John Stewart. John Stewart, like when he was doing uh, the what is it, the Today Show? What what do you call it? Uh, the Back Daily Show. Daily Show, Daily yeah. Show. So apparently he had only one black writer, and he had a massive falling out with a black writer because uh, he did a joke about Herman Herman Cain, who was running for I can't remember the the position or whatever, but he mimicked Herman Cain because Herman Cain said he wanted to give like really summarized and like six page bills then. Uh, John Stewart was like, I'm Herman Cain and I don't like to read. And he did it with an accent. So the black writer wasn't there when the joke was set up. He was like doing an outtake somewhere else. He was in a hotel room. He went to the studio. So people at Fox News was criticizing John, criticizing John Stewart for being racist, blah, blah. Fox? And Fox News. Yeah, of course. Fox jumped on the horn? Of course. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're set up for, right? They have some cretinous vouchers. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Oh, so, 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 the writer says, like, to be honest, in the writing room, I, I didn't feel comfortable with a the joke. Then Johnson was like, what do you mean by that? I d- you have a tone, right? And then the, the black writer was like, Johnson explodes. F you, I'm done with you, blah, 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 blah. 
and walks out of the room. And no, he tells the Black Rider to get out of the room. Oh. This is John Stewart. And I'm just and I like John Stewart. And I'm just saying like this illustrates what happens when however progressive or liberal you might be, but when you personally are put in a position where you have to defend yourself, this like kind of like yeah. monster sort of comes out, right? And because you need to be really well self-aware to be able to kind of like deal with that inner demon. And now, like after like what, 10 years, he he kind of like, he talks about it now and says how crazy he was. But yeah, so I'm just saying that maybe that's what Chappelle is going, maybe, maybe, huh? mm-hmm. that's what he's going through also. He's trying to defend his community and him because he feels like they're under attack by the LGBTQ. He would just like free reign when it comes to comedy. Yeah, like maybe. I think we all like a free pass once in a while. I mean, it is comedy. Uh, you're gonna be. There is a chance you're gonna be offended. Yeah. So. And that's the I thing. I also feel like with the transgender community, like you have to be able to take it as much as you give it. As long as no, no one is inciting violence yes. against you, you know it's fair game to me, lah. To me, that's my personal opinion. Mm. I hope. Yeah. yeah, I hope the closer is a. Uh, a humbling moment for everyone to realize let's not whether you're a minority or whether you're a majority or in the majority let's no longer lecture people from high horses but come armed with actual facts it mm. also like I feel like the people who didn't who are, who are outraged about the whole Chappelle special didn't actually watch the show 100% yeah 100% they read the headline from an article mm. For sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, like, I, I think I was telling you guys also about how Dave Chappelle did, like, a, he's another kind of, like, comedy mm. thing. And uh, he gave, like, a... So he was talking about his movie that he wanted to release about... Not really a movie, maybe a documentary mm. about he, him doing his, like, specials at the, in his ranch during uh, COVID. So he got picked up for a few um, um, film festivals. But the moment the closer came out, after that, all, all the support, all all the invites to the f- uh, uh, film, uh, yeah, we, everything was pulled out, lah. You know, so, so then he's like talking about that. Then he starts talking about how, uh, uh like, uh, the transgender community said that they wanted to meet up with him. They invited, and he said no. He said, so he says no. I never got an invite. I'm perfectly uh, agreeable to have a sit down. But he gave three conditions, right? First condition is that, um it must be uh, at a place and time that he chooses, right? Because he says like, I'm not going to come to you. You know, we meet like in a neutral ground. And number two, everybody, before you come and talk to me, you have must have watched the entire special from beginning mm, to end. Okay. You yeah. know? And number three, we all must agree that Hannah Gatsby, uh, what, Hannah? Uh, yeah, Hannah, Hannah. Whatever her name is. Hannah Gatsby. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah Gatsby, that that that, that comedian lah. He's not funny. <laughs> He's not funny. We all have to agree that Fair she's enough. not funny. Yeah, Hannah Gatsby, I think that's her name. Yep, you are right. Hannah Gatsby, yeah. and she is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some of her stuff. I think she's okay. Michelle Wolf is funny. Mm. So yeah, that's the closer. Yeah. So th- did I manage to connect it to Midnight Mass and Dune? Yeah, we did a very good job. You know, everything you see, you have to watch critically lah. And I would encourage anyone who watches any of these three, leave your your presuppositions at the door. Leave it. Okay. I feel it's more for the closer than anything else. I think the conclusion of this whole discussion is Samuel's not racist. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Even though his carnal brain connected a Mongolian war Mongolian war chant to Dazan, it definitely does not mean he's racist in any way. I asked the question and they went, "No, you idiot." <laughs> and I went, "Okay, okay." They're like, "You need to ask anyone." Like, I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I won't lie. People have asked me for. You people eat dog? Hell no. They're like, okay, you don't eat dog. Same with this. All right. We all live and learn. <laughs> I hopefully lived now and let's learn. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, I really like this conversation, man. I think we did pretty good considering this our second... Take two. Take two and we didn't plan it. I actually like this take better. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Because <laughs> the first one you came off more as racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the things you said, Sam. Oh, wow. No, it was so I can confirm it, it was so it. bad that when we ended the recording, Sam asked whether I could cut out the <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I pissed off everyone. You name it, transgender people, <laughs> religious minorities. <laughs> yeah, my pissed off my people. <laughs> Somewhere in the dark web, I think that recording still exists. Like, Somewhere maybe. in the dark web, there's probably some hacker that goes. Wow, this guy. <laughs> this shit is dark. <laughs> it's coded somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's floating in some Kazakhstan. In the webosphere. Some, one day I'm going to send this laptop for some repair. Someone is going to be able to extract that recording because it's like embedded somewhere some in some random file. Somebody knocked on the laptop high yeah. enough and the file <laughs> open. Then they're going to listen to it and then they're going to be like, this is crazy shit. And then they're going to upload it on like Pornhub or something like that. If this was a, <laughs> if this was a video recording, your podcast is a video recording I'll make a post-credit scene for that <laughs> someone in like some computer shop <laughs> no like 10 years later <laughs> the holy grail episode is found again <laughs> Samuel is like a, a linguistics professor <laughs> university suddenly he feels a dark omen arise <laughs> oh he just holds his head as a disturbance in the force <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man okay um, let's end with three recommendations but we cannot recommend anything that we've just spoken about I recommend you don't find that podcast (laughs) (laughs) no recommend something to watch read listen to anything could be a podcast a movie a book what go for it okay I'm going to recommend The Harder They Fall. It's out on Netflix. And let me tell you, I have never had so much fun in a Western. Like, it's better than Man with the Iron Fist, which is, was a pretty good, fun, like, uh, black exploitation Western. This is fantastic. The music, there's a Kid Cudi track with, uh, with Jay-Z called Guns Go Bang. It is nuts. It's such a banger. And I loved every second of it. Go watch The Harder They Fall out on Netflix today. Fantastic. Mm, okay. I recommend what I recommended last week. Mm. The Spider-Man trilogy from Sam Raimi. Mm. Since, you know... Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. And also the amazing Spider-Man movies mm. with Andrew Garfield in it. Mm. Yeah, like, I should. I think we should actually give it a second go. Yeah, we like, should. Especially the first Amazing Spider-Man, which I rewatched. It's actually pretty good. Mm. Compared to the new Spider-Man stuff, it's pretty good. Yeah. The second one... Uh, not so much. It's but not Garfield's fault though. Yeah, it's not Garfield's fault. Yeah. Mm. If anything, it was just bad. Right? So give the amazing Spider-Man one and if you want to, the second one a chance because you you might be seeing both Toby and Andrew back in action. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to change my recommendation from the last time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to recommend Troll Hunters now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. It's a children's show, an animated show. 
it's di- directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro. Is that how I pronounce his name? The fellow's brain quite broken, right? Yeah, he's like basically a horror dude. Um, but he did a TV series for kids. Uh, there are three seasons. Uh, I think, yeah, there, I think maybe there are four seasons and a movie. Um, and it's pretty interesting. Um, I've kind of been thinking about like how it seems like with media now, especially with indie media people, a lot of it is to be completely authentic and genuine. And so that means speaking about dark things all the time. You know, like, again, like, always talking about identity politics and things yeah. like that. I'm just, like, wondering, like, is it possible for us to, like, censor ourselves a little bit to create content that, like, my cousins can watch? Yeah. You know, I, I you know, sometimes I feel like all 90% of the things that I watch on TV, I can't watch with my uh, family. Like with my cousins. Yeah, yeah. Or even my parents, sometimes it's weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, and so like sometimes you have to pre-watch things before you yeah, can know when you can exactly. watch my goodness, yes. yes. Yeah. Even Young was, Justice now. I was going to like um, suggest Squid Game 2 for my parents, to my right. parents. Then after I watched the, the sex scene. That one like, bathroom scene. Uh, like, ah, oh, well, this ruins everything. Yeah, exactly. So like, I'm, I'm, I just feel like maybe it's time to make a callback. I'm actually thinking about this podcast of like doing a no cursing thing. I'm thinking, I'm not sure when I'm going to do it yet because now we are okay about talking about anything and about cursing, whatever. But just like maybe, I'm thinking about maybe in the future or maybe like if I decide to create something else to have it a bit censored just because then I would feel comfortable about my youngest cousins watching it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Do you like to... So. No, I was just going to say that's a freaking heck darn idea of yours. <laughs> and <Right. you> should. <laughs> Oh, shoot, you, go for that idea. <laughs> oh, he's like, right wing Samuel out. <laughs> <laughs> you like all that, sir? Like, you'd like to expose like other people, either younger or older yeah. audiences to the stuff you enjoy too. And if it's all filled with rated R content. Yeah, for, no, like, I'll give you another lie, example. I was, my uncle passed away a few months ago, right? Mm-hmm. So I went back to my hometown yeah. and I spent like a week with my my family, Aww. so yeah. I was with my I got two younger cousins, Rovit, who's uh, he just turned sixteen, I think. Yeah, Rovit. Yeah, and, uh, and Rushani, who's like I think fourteen. Yeah. They're, they're teenagers, like, basically. And so I'm like, what you know? We like, what should we watch together and things like that. And I was like, I want to watch some anime, but like, what anime to watch with them? Because all of you know, a lot of anime also now is super weird. So then I finally got Demon Slayer because I realized, okay, Demon Slayer is a bit violent. But it's not like too crazy. Yeah, it's not too crazy. So I I had experience of just like introducing them to anime. Like this is their first anime series that they're ever watching. And they're watching Demon Slayer with me. And it's good. And it's like about a brother and a sister. It's wholesome. And it was just such an enjoyable experience to be able to watch that with them. Mm. You know, so I just feel like, can I... I, So because of all of that, I'm thinking like, what kind of content that I can create that I can give for like younger kids to watch as well? You want? Mm. How about we do the exact same topics we talked today, but we like do a kidify version? I would say, <laughs> I would say we were quite PG. Yeah, we were not bad actually. We were not bad. We were quite good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> same as well behaved today. <laughs> okay. Anyway, great uh, episode. Um, anything else, you guys? Mm. Uh, you want to plug anything? Uh. I just want to say one thing, if that's fine, yeah, on yeah, why you it. should watch the Amazing Spider-Man, the Mark Webb one, mm. because 
there was never a scene where I watched in uh in any of the Tom Holland Spider-Man films, whether it's in Civil War, whether it's in Endgame, whether it's in Far From Home or Homecoming. There's there was this really powerful scene that stuck with me where Andrew Garfield, we can say Andrew Garfield throughout The Amazing Spider-Man. I loved him, the way he quips, the way he jokes, the way he just moves around with this fantastic energy. I think it's great. But then there's this scene, right, where after his uncle dies and he's just down and there's this bully called Flash Gordon who, who's actually coming up to him to be sympathetic, right? And he's just like, not now. And Flash just puts his arm around him in a very gentle like way to comfort him. And he just grabs him and slams him against the locker. And in that moment, you see so much rage, so much, so much pain in that, in that scene. And you see, and you, he, he doesn't say a thing, which is powerful because Spider-Man always has something to say. But right in that moment, he doesn't. And what does and you know what Tom Holland would have done in that scene? Oh, can we not talk about my uncle right now? My uncle just died. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Weird. It's a little awkward. And I'm, I'm Tom Holland. Uh, what's What's amazing about the Amazing Spider-Man? Not amazing about the Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> what's great about the Amazing Spider-Man? That Spider-Man was that it showcased Peter Parker's rage mm. a lot more, more so than the Tobey Maguire films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tobey yeah. Maguire Spider-Man is a bit of a simpler. Yeah, but the amazing Spider-Man, he's a lot more punkish, which and, people yeah. were like, Andrew Garfield's too good looking for it. But in hindsight, Peter Parker was never really what ugly. To Toby, no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Toby like, yeah, Toby looks fine. Like, <laughs> he's the perfect guy. Well, we want <laughs> <laughs> that beautiful ugly bastard. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a Toby McGuire is like. Yeah, yeah then sad for sad actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay, guys, thank you so much for doing this a second time with me. No problem. Um, to all the listeners of the Roman Roy podcast, we are back. One episode every week. If you have not already, please follow, like, subscribe, share because it's time to get the numbers back up again. Yeah. And we're gonna conquer the podcast scene. All you podcasters out there, I'm gunning for you, sons. Better watch out. Peace out.